The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up on a mountain, and sat down there. Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. They placed them at his feet, and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, the lamb walking, and the blind able to see, and they glorified God of Israel. Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry for fear that they may collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets full. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. I uh, brought with me today uh, what's called the Ordo. So this is uh, it's called the Order of Prayer and the Liturgy and the Celebration of the Eucharist. So it's uh, what really Father Mike and the rest of the priests kind of, it guides them on uh, what color vestments and uh, what we're going to read and uh, who the saint is. So it's uh, listed for every day. So it's, we got a brand new one here for uh, this new liturgical year. Well, I was reading it, and under Advent, it says something interesting. It says, human beings cannot live without hope. Unlike the animals, we are blessed or cursed with the ability to think about the future and to fear our actions to shaping it. So essential is this human life that human beings cannot live without hope without something to live for, without something to look forward to. Um, and then uh, today, we have such wonderful readings. Father Mike was mentioning such fabulous readings for us today. But it boils down, summarizing it into one sentence. It says, uh, we are invited to celebrate the Lord's victory banquet. And we're reminded that in our first reading with Isaiah and Psalm 23 his triumph over sickness and evil. And that's what we read in the gospel. So the abundant blessings of God are what we're really looking forward to. That's where our hope is. But I think our gospel kind of points us to something deeper. Those are great things. That is wonderful to look forward to. But there's something I think even better So I wanted to unpack that a little bit. Um, I was really moved with Jesus saying, my heart is moved with pity for the crowd. Now, 
course, I love to look to see what the Greek word for that is. And the word is splugcheesnoma. Splugcheesnoma. It's a compassion that comes from the bowels. Actually, the first part of that Greek word is the internal intestines or stomach. It comes so deep. The compassion comes, you're compelled to do something. Now, there's lots of words for compassion and pity um, in the Greek language. They, they, they could have picked a lot of those. This specific word, splogchisnoma, is only used a few times. None in the Old Testament. So when the Greek translators took uh, translating Hebrew, not one of them ever picked this for compassion from the Old Testament readings. It's only found in the New Testament, only with the arrival of Jesus. But it's used two times that are very telling. One is in the story of the prodigal son, when the father sees the son coming, and he is moved with the same deep inside, compelling need to react. The other time is in the story of the Good Samaritan, when the Samaritan crossed the street to help the neighbor who was in trouble. He went out of the normal course of action and was compelled to have compassion and act. It was that action. So, um, I want to shift just for a second to Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23 is about sheep. Of course, we're the sheep. We love Psalm 23. It gives us great comfort as we read everything and how Jesus takes care of us and we have comfort and trust in the Lord. But I wanted to try and get a closer feeling of, well, how do these things that we read, yes, I love them, but are they really things that sheep do? So if you do a little Googling and, and try to look up shepherding, um, it's interesting. So sheep, um, they, they are very stressed out all the time. Uh, to, to lie down in green pastures, that's, you have to have a shepherd who really loves you. You have to feel so confident. Sheep have a huge fear of drowning, and it makes sense. They have so much wool. If they get wet, there's no way they can survive. They will drown. So going to still water, that's the shepherd's job. It's the only way to get them to drink. A little more research, and I found a comment that was interesting. It says, domesticated sheep cannot live without a shepherd. They can't live. Well, I thought, well, that's, you know, it's an animal. It's going to find a way to live. Sheep are part of the animals that we call ruminants. They rechew their food. Um, they live best on just grass. But grass is very difficult to get all the nutrients out. So they have to rechew on the food. And there's a fermentation process that has to happen and they bring it back up and it takes a long period of time to get all of the nutrients out. I started to see the connection with us when 
God works with us in our lives, we have to re-chew on what God is doing. We have to ruminate, remember, and rethink. We're very much like sheep. Now, this um, uh, connection between the sheep and what we found with hope, I see this translating back into we need a shepherd. Just like we need hope, we need a shepherd. We need to be loved by the shepherd. I think all of this is where it's going. And it occurred to me in this time of Advent, in this time of waiting for God to come, for Jesus to return, that really what we're looking for is more knowledge of God's love. So, I was reminded of a, a song that a Hawaiian singer I've, I've always loved. It's called In This Life. And there's a part of the song where he says, for every mountain I have climbed, having every river crossed, you were the treasure that I longed to find. Without your love, I would be lost. He finishes the song, the conclusion is, in this life, I was loved by you. Now we can, we can take that to our spouse and the people that we have around us, but when we take that and we start thinking about our relationship with Jesus, in this life, I was loved by you. That's what Psalm 23 is really telling us. In this life, I was loved by you because you took care of me. You led me. You gave me peaceful experiences in troubled times through the valley of death. You were there with me. So this idea of um, this pity and compassion, uh, this word splugchiznama, that's what we're thankful for. And in fact, in the Old Testament reading, that's what we get at the end when Isaiah says we need to be thankful for the God who takes care of us. And that's this compassion that Jesus was moved to in feeding the large crowd. That's what he does when we come to the altar. He's feeding us. We need to ruminate on it, and we need to get closer to his love, and there's no better way than reconciliation where we experience God's mercy and God's love for us, and his compassion where he's moved. That's what we can experience during this Advent. So let's stand and offer our petitions.